emancipator. America, Canada, but one has set us free. Amen? Amen. As we go to prayer, let's just sing that, that song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power.
Amen. Glory be to God. It's the blood, EBA. It's the blood that has healed you. Could uh, come and open the service in a word of prayer. We have a testimony from Sister Lisa. It says, I would like to thank the Lord for allowing me to get my phone back. It was lost to the camp since April and it was found a week ago and was returned in good condition. Praise the Lord. 
Amen, Teresa. What is lost has been found. We've been saying at the prayer meeting that it's almost as if God is showing us stepping stones to help our faith. Your children will be found. It's not just about a ring, Brother John. It's not just about a phone, but it's about your children being found. Let the faith be ignited in our hearts. Amen. I've got a uh, prayer request from Brother Tim Gertz in here. He says, my neighbors, Julian and Jude, have a granddaughter who is expecting. They think it might be a miscarriage. They asked me to pray. So we'll remember that in, uh, in our prayers. Brother Yomi, if you could come. If you have a need, let it be known by an uplifted hand. If you need the Holy Ghost, he's here. If you need healing, he's here. If you need deliverance, he's here. Amen. Lord, we find it in the Bible how that one day the sons of the prophets were trying to make food or build a lodge and they lost the hacks that they borrowed and they cried and they called for help I know how lucky and blessed they were that they had a prophet on the scene and I find it in my Bible it is written that the iron did swim what a paradox that was we thank you for all the testimonies we have heard for the psalm with his flash drive and even today the sister who you helped her found finds the item that she lost so this gives us lots of confidence tonight Lord not that not only do we have a prophet that you sent to us but we know that a greater than William Bram is here Lord that all the needs we brought Lord to this place they will not return to they will not return to them we will not return home with them Lord but Lord they will meet your utmost attention and Lord we will not return home empty handed oh God Lord we want to lift up the request Lord to you pray Lord that it will meet your attention also and that you will do that which only you can do we want to lift up your servant into your hands Lord we know that as a mortal man he has prepared and he has his ideas of how he would like you to move but Lord you only know what we need tonight I pray Lord that you will just stop by the post of every heart of God stop by the pew Lord and do not pass any one of us by. Help us to reach out and touch you tonight. Pray for the song dealer, Brother Dan. I pray that you just give him unction, O God. And help us, Lord, anoint our lips and anoint our hearts, Lord, to sing and to worship you in spirit and truth tonight. That our worship to you tonight may be accepted. And Lord, at the end of it all, we will go, Lord, with our hearts burning within us, Lord. Because, Lord, you will do those things by which you are known. And you do it as your custom. And you will break bread and you open our eyes, Lord, that we might know you more tonight. Thank you, Father. Yeah. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will not leave you hoof behind. Amen. Have you come expecting tonight? I want to give the minister all the time that he has need of. Just sing that little song, um, The Potter's Hand. Beautiful Lord, wonderful Savior. You may have your seats.
We're here to worship him. Amen. The oil and the wine are here for you tonight. The Holy Ghost, the revelation, maybe open it up to us. Do you know that song? Oh, you don't know that song. Sorry. Okay. We'll sing a different song. When I come into his presence, he's God, I think is the title. The prophet of God said that it should be the thrill of every believer. The presence of God, being able to receive the presence of God should be our thrill. And we're going to receive the presence of God tonight. Receive him into your seat. Receive him into your lives. Amen.
set us free, Lord Jesus. Washed us by your blood, oh God. Saved by your grace, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We can come into your house, Lord. We can sing songs of praise, Father. We can be brought into an atmosphere, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for us, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am weak. There's something about that name. I don't know what your day has been like. If it's been hectic, if it's been busy, 
If it's been good, but if you haven't had a chance to put your order in yet, you can put your order in right now. The Lord will come and meet your need. We're calling on this one, Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ. I love that song. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And I love how it says, let all heaven, let all the earth proclaim. It's a proclamation. It's something that you know to be so. Oh, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. God bless you tonight. Well, I guess Brother Tom is a true prophet, isn't he? I'm a little bit rusty, so you're going to have to help me tonight. Uh, without further delay, we're just going to turn straight to the Word in Genesis chapter 1. Thank you, musicians. Thank you for the song leading. I feel the atmosphere is right. I was praying in the back. I said, Lord, I don't know what atmosphere you need for this type of a service, but I know that you know. And I feel that this is exactly what God had in his mind. 
for us to get into the word tonight. Genesis chapter 1, a very familiar chapter. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made a firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, the word, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have come in this place tonight, Lord, to worship you, to express our love to you, Lord. But most importantly, we've come to hear from you, Lord. Father, on this journey that we're walking in, Lord, we need words from you every now and then to strengthen us, Lord, to transform us into the image of thyself, Lord, for we're preparing for a rapture, Lord. And you've given us words of eternal life that will dress us, that will make us ready for this rapture. So, Father, my prayer tonight is that one stone will be added to this building, Lord, that the church will be edified, Lord, one step closer to that rapture, Lord, Lord, closer to the perfection that we need, Father, to get out of this place, Lord. So I pray, Father, that another revelation will be dropped in our hearts tonight, for it's stone after stone. It's revelation after revelation. It's word upon word, Lord. Will you come now and take the word that we've read, breathe life into it, Lord. Give us the context and the interpretation of it, Lord. Prepare the hearts to receive it. Prepare the speaker to speak it, Lord. I commit all of us into your hands, Lord. Lead us where you want us to go. Help us to emphasize what we need to, Lord. Have our own way, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may have your seats. Now, last time I spoke uh, at the end of the service or the week after, many people came to speak to me and they say, Brother Jean, you know what? Just forget about your phone and your watch and your clock and your time. Just preach. I was like, well, you don't know what you're asking for. But since you've asked, that's exactly what I'm going to do. 
So we're just going to forget about the time and we're just going to minister the word of God tonight. But the, the reason, if I could just let you in on the secret, the reason why I have that is that I, I don't want somebody to come here on a Wednesday night and then hear that our brother John is speaking and be like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be here for another two hours. And then the whole service, they're dreading it. And then, then I rob them from the blessing of God by my own fault. But we're going to put our time away tonight and we're just going to go straight into the word. Amen. Well, I'm going to speak on a different subject tonight. I think we've, we've, we've finished with the principles of faith. There is part five that I wanted to go into, but God had it so fit that, you know, in every service we heard in the past few weeks, it, he already covered that, so I don't have to go back there. We'll just move on to something else tonight. I'd like to speak to you on a title that's a little bit strange that I wrestle with myself, but my title tonight is, The Spoken Word is Not a Fruit. The Spoken Word is Not a Fruit. And we say, well, yeah, we know that because the prophet spoke on the spoken word is the original seed. That's exactly right. The spoken word is the original seed. And if it's a seed, therefore it's not a fruit. Do you follow me? All right. And my subject tonight is have faith in the seed. Have faith in the seed. Now, I really need you to follow me where I'm going to go tonight. And I really need you to follow me because if you don't follow me, in the words of Brother Tim Pruitt, you will make me a mystery preacher. Okay, by the time I'm done, it's still going to be a mystery. And I don't want that. I want you to grasp where, what it is that I'm trying to convey tonight. Uh, what is it that it's been unfolding for me by the grace of God. And I pray and I hope I'll be able to do it justice. I don't, I don't really know myself how it's going to go because this is a couple of days fresh. Uh, so in the beginning, we're just gonna we're gonna start with the slideshow. I'm, I'm, I want to lay down some quotes first as a foundation, and I need you to follow me with this quote. So we're gonna read them together, and then after I'm done with this quote, I'll just take off, and you just hang in there. Now, Glory to God, I can read that quote. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right, one of says, and. Uh, if you can write them some notes, that's fine. Uh, I'm taking all of my thoughts from three services. Brother Manon's preach. Number one, the spoken word is original seed. God's power to transform and the power of transformation. And some thoughts will come from uh, anointed ones in the end time. But to grasp where I'm going tonight, listen to those tapes because it's going to be a little bit everywhere. Now, it is rising with the sun. Brother says, now the sun, is it on the screen behind me? Now the sun, at the rising of the sun, well, there was a time when the world was laying in outer darkness. It was without form and it was void. And it was all covered with water. And it was laying there in the dark, dismal, gloomy atmosphere. And the Spirit of God moved upon the water and said, let there be light. It says, God had a reason to do that. For down beneath that water, there were seeds that he planted. And he had to have sunlight to make it live. So God didn't just create the light for the sake of having light. The purpose of the light was that it was going to quicken the seeds that were laying down in the water. And you will see that in, in, the, in the account of Genesis here, there is multiple principles in the first two chapters of Genesis here. And I'm not going to go into them tonight, but I'll, I'll mention them to you so you can go home and study on this. Because I, I have spent some time on these principles, and each one of them is a subject on its own. But in, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, you find the law of contrast. In Genesis 1-1, is that God created two things. He created heaven and the earth. He created male and female. 
you find the law of the spoken word, which is that God said and there was. God said and there was. So every single time God speaks, it takes place. That's a law. So you find the law of separation is that God divided the light from darkness. So God always calls his people to a separation, a total separation from darkness to light. And you find the law of identification is that God gave a name to everything he created. Right? He called the dry land earth. He called the waters sea. He called the firmament above heaven. He called the light right? and the darkness. He gave a name to everything. And you find a law of cycles is that there is an evening and there is a morning. There is an evening and there is a morning. So what was will be. There is nothing new under the sun. You find that principle right there in Genesis. There's a law of duplicates. Is that there's a waters above the firmament and there's waters below the firmament. Right? So the waters below reflect the waters above. So it's always two. So there's a law of oneness. Is that God gathered all the waters together. Right? Everything that's of the same nature blends together in oneness. There's a law of the reproduction, also the law of the original seed, is that every single seed has to bring forth after its kind. You find a law, the ninth law here is where I'm going to go tonight. It's the law of continuity. Is that the tree yields fruits whose seed is in itself. And I want that to keep that in your mind because that's where we're going to go tonight, is that every tree will yield fruit, and inside the fruit of the tree, you'll find the original seed itself. And then when you take the seed that's in the fruit, you plant it, you get another fruit. And from that fruit, you get another seed. And from that seed, you get another fruit. It's a love continuity. And then there's a love of representation is that the stars in the firmament are for signs, seasons, days, and years. So every single thing that God placed in the universe was for a type. And that is showing us there will be types and shadows. Find the law of purpose, which is that every single thing that God created had a purpose. The light in the firmament was to give light upon the earth. The reason why he created the light was to quicken the seeds. Everything that God does has a purpose. And since you are a creation of God, you have a purpose. There's a law of hierarchy. Is that God created the greater light that he called sun. And he created the lesser light that he called moon. So there's a law of placement or positioning that God placed every single thing where he wanted it to be. And if something gets out of its place, it creates chaos. Therefore, when you are called by God, he calls you to take your place and to stay in your place. That's a law that he puts in Genesis. Let waters bring forth the moving creature that has life. That's another law. There's a law of divine nature that God created man according to his image and his likeness. And then there's a law of blessing, which is in verse 28 and verse 22. God blesses all the cattle of the earth. He says, be fruitful. And multiply. Then in verse 28, he blesses the man and he says, be fruitful and multiply. So the blessing of God is two things. Fruitful and multiply. And we're going to go into that as well tonight. But these are just, there's a lot more that I'm leaving out for the sake of time. But I encourage you to do a study on, on Genesis. Because Brian Bonham says it's the book, it's a chapter of seeds. Every single thing that you find today in the world exists in Genesis. He says, even the Catholic Church started in Genesis. And the book of Revelation is the book of harvest. So when you see something in the Bible, always trace it back. Where does it start from? It's in Genesis. Now, we'll continue with this quote here. Is that God wanted to quicken the seeds that were laying down, that he had planted beneath the water. So he says here, and the first light that was ever given into the earth was God's spoken word. We read in the book of John, and the word was a light. 
Right? The first light that came out of God was the Logos. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. And that turned darkness into light in order to bring forth a creation of joy and life upon the earth. Now he says this in God's power to transform. Therefore, he created by his word. He sent his word. So all the seeds that he had placed upon the earth, he formed those seeds by his own word. For there was nothing else to make the seed out of. He had placed them and they were beneath the water. So every single seed that was laying inside or beneath the waters, how did it come to pass? It was by the spoken word. Now, the spoken word is the original seed. And as a seed, when the spoken word was spoken from God, it produced seeds. So the seed produced seed. And I want you to keep this phrase in your mind because that's if you remember anything from this service, remember this. A seed produces seed. Now, the reason why God gives us seed, he says, he lets it not just happen overnight. We are the one that gets in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. He just says it, and that's going to be. For when he says anything, it's going to be. It's just going to be. He says, he lets it take its time. Certain things that lays in the word and the promise of God, they take time. God is not in a hurry. He has all eternity. He's eternal. We are the one mortal creatures that we are in a hurry. We want to see something happen today. But God gives you seed. And he lets it take its time. Because God has confidence in his own seed. See, God has faith in the seed. So you are also called to have faith in the seed. Because whatever it is that you desire, God won't give you fruit. He will give you seed. And from that seed, you will yield fruits. And within the fruit he gives you, you will find the original seed. So why would he use this power to curse the fig tree? When there were thousands thousands of lepers in the land, and he bypassed those lepers and went over and put a curse on the fig tree. He said, no man eat from you. And the fig tree withered. He used his power showing that he's interested in trees. He's interested in the fish. He's interested in you. He's interested in me. And he's interested to see his word made manifest. And the reason why God gives seed is that God is interested to see the seed of his word take on flesh. When God said, let there be light, we know it took billions and billions of years before that light came to pass, came to be. But what was immaterial, the spoken word seed, God said, well, I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm going to observe this. I'm going to see how my word that came from my mind is going to bring forth what I declared. Because God loves to see his word made manifest. That's why he gives you seed. He loves to see his word made manifest. So he gave you promised seed. So I am the Lord that heals you of all your diseases. Promise seed. And whatever sickness that you have to battle, all you have to do is have faith in that seed. And God is going to say, oh, I'm going to watch this. Let me observe this promise echo into their soul. And let that promise that they believe overtake their body until their body brings forth my spoken word. That's why it gives you seed. So you can see his word made manifest. He is interested. It's God's interest. God finds it interesting that what he speaks comes to pass. There's going to be a bride. He finds it interesting that out of this chaos, it's going to come to pass. 
she opened an invisible army. God finds it interesting that in this day of weakness, there's going to be a people that the devil cannot overcome. He finds it interesting. That's his interest. His purpose is to see his word made flesh. So when you put the seed in the earth, the seed can only come forth with the power of life within it. To transform it from a seed to a plant or whatever it was. He's transforming power. Now God put the seed in there with potentials. That it will be what he said it will be. My Lord help me tonight. Within the seed that God gives. There is every potential of that seed. And that seed. In that seed is wrapped the power of transformation. The life is within the sea, or what I'm going to say, a germ of life. So in that sea, there is a germ of life. And in that germ of life, there's all the potentials of that seed. So when you have the seed, you have all the potentials. You don't need the fruit. You need the seed. The spoken word is not a fruit. It's the original seed. God gives you a seed filled with potential. Where do you think your body chain is going to come from? I'm getting ahead of myself. It's within the seed that's in you. Where do you think it's coming from? Where do you think your healing comes from? Let me jump to this. Let me just jump quickly. I'll read a quote here. Where everyone says this. In power of transformation. Let the Holy Spirit come upon any person that's truly got something down there. Predestinated a seed. A healing comes from the inside. Let that healing come from the spirit that's in you. Quote, where do you think your healing comes from when you pray? You think that God in heaven is going to heal you somewhere in heaven? It's the spirit of God that's within you. Within that seed spirit comes forth your healing. So all the potentials that you're ever going to need in your journey on earth, God made sure you had it in you in the form of a seed. Everything you're going to need. Overcoming power is in the seed. Healing is in the seed. Your family is in the seed. Victory and deliverance is in the seed. Your body check is in the seed. Your theophany is in the word. Everything you're ever going to need in this journey, God made sure that he gave you a seed that had all the potentials. That God put the seed in their potentials that he would do what he said it would be. It had to be that way. Because he had made it that way and made a channel. That anything that stays in this channel in line of the word. Now you have to stay in line of the word. It will have to bring forth exactly like his word said it would do. Why? It's a law. Every seed brings forth after its own kind. Now the spoken word is a seed. Therefore the spoken word is subject to that law. Correct? Every seed brings forth after its own kind. So if the spoken word is a seed, the spoken word brings forth after its own kind. So what does the word produce? The word. What does the word produce? The word. Do you understand what God has done in this day? Is that the original seed spoken word was sent to produce what? So who is the word? You are the word. You need to understand that. There's a difference between knowing it and understanding it. Now I'm not preaching to you anything new. These are the things that you know. But when the things that you know become not knowledge, but understanding and revelation, you see the Bible altogether in a different light. You will walk out of this place a different person when you begin to understand. 
not to know. But when you begin to understand that you are the word. Because the spoken word can only produce the word. Spoken word being a seed subject to the law of God. Now think about it. Now God spoke a law. Every single seed will bring forth after his own kind. And now his own word is a seed. Therefore the word is subject to the word. That's what brother Michael brought last time, right? That Jesus in his perfect body was made subject to what? The word. Not the curse. The word. And because the word said yield to the curse, he yielded. See, there is nothing greater than Christ outside of the word. The word obeys the word. The word yields to the word. The word comes to the word. That's the reason why you believe the message. Because the word in you accepted the word of this message. Because the word can only come to the word. The word can only believe the word. So when God spoke, let there be. He spoke. What did he speak? His word. Who is God? The word. The word spoke the word. And the word believed the word. And the word brought forth the word. See, the word believes the word. Still following me? Okay, stay with me. And each one of those seeds has power in itself. Power in itself. Every seed has power in itself. Not power from outside. Power in itself. Every seed of God is infused with power in itself. And what is the power that's in the seed? It's the word. So each seed has power in itself to transform itself into the species that I desire it to be. And that's what it must be because I have given every seed transforming power to make out of itself and its potentials. Now to make out of itself exactly what I want it to be. Now you know, I'm going to jump into something else here now that I've laid on this foundation. Brother Abraham talks about the apple tree. And this here is apple juice. I love apple juice. Apple juice comes from what? Apples. Right? Simple. Where does an apple come from? An apple tree. Where does this tree come from? Seed. Seed. The juice, the fruit, the branches, the tree, the leaves, all of that comes from where? Seed. Well, where does the seed come from? The word. The word. Now, part of what I'm going to say is this. You, you people here in this country's apple raisins, as I understand, you have a lot of agriculture raising fruit. And that little apple tree is just about one half of an inch high. That every bushel of apples that will ever come off of that tree is in it right then. You know, every hundred pounds of leaves that will ever fall off of that tree is in that seed. Every blossom in this, it's right there. Every branch is right there. If it isn't, Tell me where it comes from. Right? If the fruit doesn't come from the seed, where did it come from? What produces those branches? The seed. What produces the leaves? The seed. What produces the fruits? The seed. What produces the seed that's in the fruit? The seed. And what produces the seed? The word. So you see, every apple that was ever on the tree... And ever will be on the tree was in it when it was this big. 
if it wasn't, where did it come from? Where did the apples come from? You plant it and it has to drink. It drinks water and it drinks more and more. And more it drinks, it pushes out leaves. Pushes out branches. Pushes out blossoms. Pushes out apples. And that's the way a Christian is. When you're planted in Christ, the only thing you have to do is go drinking. And you will get your vitamin out of the water. And the Christian gets his vitamin from the word. So when you drink and drink more and spread out, you push out. You push out salvation. You push out through the Holy Ghost. You push out until that crippled arm comes straight. That's a quote. See, EBA, all you need to do is drink the word. Drink and push. Drink and you push until those eyes come open. That's what you need to do for your sick body is to drink and push. Drink the word and push. Drink the word and push and push until the arthritis is gone. Push until the cerebral palsy is gone. Push until your arm is straight. Push until you're walking in victory. All you need to do is drink the word because the word will water the seed that's in you and it will produce what God said it will produce. Because everything that you're ever going to need is in that seed. He says, push until you miss, uh, just keep pushing. And I added here in my notes, push until your arthritis is gone. Push until missing organs are created. Yes, sir. Push until limbs grow again. Just keep drinking, drink. And he says, planted by the inexhaustible fountain of life, Jesus Christ. He says, drink till you can't drink no more. In another place, he says, you have to keep watering it. It has to drink more than its portion. You have to give the seed more than its portion. Don't pour a little bit of water and say, I think that's enough. Pour all the water that you have. Let it drink more than its portion. And he says, every word of God is a seed. And if that seed can be planted by the inexhaustible fountain, which is Christ, the believer has to drink beyond his imagination. Drink and push. Drink more than you've ever drank before. Say, oh my, this is a lot of work. Drink some more. Spoken resurrection of seed. Drink some more. Rapture. Drink some more. Things that are to be. Drink some more. Power transformation. Drink some more. Drink it, drink it, drink it. All the 1110 tapes. Drink more word. Come on Wednesday and drink. Come on Saturday and drink. You keep drinking more than your portion. You say, I've had enough. No, you haven't had enough yet. Drink beyond your imagination. See, that's what happened in the upper room. The Holy Spirit, which is the water, came upon the seed and they drank more than their portion and they were drunk. Because they drank more than their portion. You've got to drink beyond your imagination. See now, the seed... Turn this off. Now, the seed... The seed doesn't grow and ask. See, this apple tree we're talking about. The apple tree doesn't begin to grow and ask, How tall should I be, Lord? Have I pushed enough branches? Should I keep, should I keep going? Is this enough? Should, should, I, should I grow some more, Lord? No. Everything that that seed is ever going to be is already in it. See, it's the life that God placed in the seed that dictates everything that seed is ever going to be. How tall, how wide, 
how big, how small, what color, how heavy, how many branches, how many leaves, what spread, what height, what depth, how wide the result, everything lays within the seed. The seed doesn't need to ask, am I doing it right? No. The seed knows that the light that's in it will dictate everything it has to be. See, the light that God has placed in you will dictate everything you have to be. Have faith in the seed. Now, it's because the seed is self-sufficient. The seed contains within itself everything it's going to be. That seed doesn't need anything else outside of what God gave it already. You don't need anything else from what God has already given you. Everything is within that seed. See, it does not need help or any external assistance other than the law of God, which is that it has to bring forth after its kind. So when you see a tree budding, it's the word that's doing it. Right? It's the word that's doing it. When you see yellow leaves, green leaves, it's the word doing it. It's not mother nature. No, sir. It's the word. When you see the behavior of the tree is dictated by the light that's in the seed. And the light that's in the seed comes from the word. So the word dictates everything that happens. When a tree begins to grow, when you go outside and you see a tree, remember, the word put that tree there. The word dictated that tree. The word dictated its height, its depth. Everything about that tree is dictated by the word. So it's the word that causes the wind to blow and disperse the seeds in favorable ground so that they can grow again. So word that does it. Now, that seed doesn't need any help. And I'll give you an example in the scripture. Now, Jesus Christ came to fulfill the word. And in many places, the scripture says that it may be fulfilled what was written in the law or in the, by the prophets. He went ahead and did this. He did that. He did that to fulfill the, the word. Now, on the cross, in John chapter 19, after verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished... That the scripture might be fulfilled said, I thirst. Now there was a set vessel full of vinegar. And they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon a high sop and put it in his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So what scripture was he fulfilling? Psalm 69, 21. They gave me also gall for my meat. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Now here's a word, seed. Seed. Every spoken word is a seed. Here's a word seed that came out of the mouth of David as he prophesied. And now Jesus fulfilling everything concerning himself. Remember this one scripture that I need to fulfill. So he says, I thirst. Now, why didn't Jesus say, give me vinegar? Because if you wanted to fulfill what's written, just ask for the vinegar. It fulfills what the prophet said. But see, Jesus didn't need to help the seed word. All he had to say is, I thirst. And when he said, I thirst, that seed that God had already spoken, that it was going to be vinegar, made sure that the Roman soldiers went ahead and gave him vinegar, and not something contrary to what the word had declared. So Jesus didn't have to help that prophecy, or help that word to come to pass. That word was already sufficient in itself, and made sure that it wasn't wine, it wasn't water, it was vinegar. Because the seed is self-sufficient. Jesus had faith in the seed. All he had to do was, I thirst. 
And the seed took care of everything else. Have faith in the seed because God has confidence in his seed. Now God in his 6,000 years, he had planted these wonderful seeds. He spoke this word and it shall be this way. This tree shall be, this shall be. Everything was perfect. It was just good. And he commanded each one of those seeds that they will be transform themselves into the plant of which kind of life that the word of God has spoken in them should be. Because the great creator had just sent forth his word and the word seed was there before the real seed was ever formed. So before the natural seed was formed, the word seed was there. And the word, spoken word, from the seed. Right? Now, the seed word doesn't need anything else than itself. See, for a seed to grow, it needs ground. Right? You need good ground. It needs water. It needs sunshine. Now, the word of God is what prepares that ground. You are good ground. You are predestinated ground. Now, the word in rain form is what waters the seed. Right? When it says the rain, the, rain, the water, it's the word. So what waters the seed? The word. Now, what quickens the seed? It's the sun. It's the S-O-N. And who is the sun? The word. So it's the word that waters the word. It's the word that quickens the word. It's the word that brings forth the word. Do you see where I'm going? It's the word that does it. The word doesn't need anything else than the word. It's the word in seed form that goes into the ground. It's the word in, in rain form that waters the seed. It's the rain, it's the word in sun form that quickens the seed. It's a circle. God is eternal. He doesn't need anything else other than himself. That's why when the burning bush appeared to Moses, it, the leaves didn't consume. Correct? And Moses says, oh, this is strange. Let me go take a look at why is that this thing is burning, but the leaves are not consumed. Now, you know how to make a fire. When you make a fire, the fire feeds on the branches or whatever it is that you put in it. Because the fire needs a combustible material that it can burn and draw life from to keep burning. Correct? When you go camping, you throw more wood, right, in the fire. And the wood is consumed because the fire ate the wood. So you add more wood. But now in this burning bush... The branches didn't burn. The leaves didn't burn. Why? Because God didn't need it. God didn't need to feed on the branches. He didn't need to feed on the leaves. Because the word, the logos, is self-sufficient. God fed on the life within himself to keep that fire burning. He never needed to burn that bush to consume it. Because then God will be dependent on something other than himself. God doesn't depend on anything else than himself. It's the word. It's the word. Still following me? I'm going to turn the corner. And I have one more corner to turn. If you're a Christian now, a genuine predestinated seed, you was in God before there was. You always was in God. The germ of life, which is an attribute of God, which was his thought. Say, for instance, this pretty little lady sitting here. See? God said, in the day there will be a girl, her name will be so-and-so, she will be this, that, and this, and even know 
to this very hour, she will sit and listen at the message, dressed in a red dress. See, that was his thought. Whoever your husband is and whoever he is, and he will bring this together and you would sit here in this city at this day. Since there could be no way for you to fail it. If God thought of it, if God thought of it, if it was a thought and he spoke it, there is absolutely no way you can fail it. No way. So when God saw in his mind, he saw that, okay, I'm going to have a sister here in the second period wearing a green cardigan on a Wednesday night service. And she's going to be listening to this service. You couldn't be, you couldn't be somewhere else on a Wednesday night. You couldn't fail it because God saw you to be there. Whatever God thinks of you, whatever he's thought of you, what can ever change it? Nothing. He said, there's absolutely no way you can fail it. And I'm going to be bold and say, even if you tried. Because the seed and the power of the spoken word is greater than you. Greater than your mistakes. Greater than your sins. Greater than everything you've ever done. So he said, I I don't think I can make it with all my mistakes. If God has seen you as part of that body, the bride of Jesus Christ, your mistakes mean nothing. There's nothing you can ever do. Nothing that you can ever say. Nowhere you can ever go or hide. Even if you gave up, God will drag you and raise you up because His word will never fail. Why will His word fail? Because of your mistakes? Not a chance. Why will your, why will His word fail? Because you don't feel like you're a good enough Christian? What does it have to do with your feelings? You think that God cares about your mistakes and He cares about how you feel today? It's like, oh man, Margaret is feeling like she's not gonna make it. Nah, she might not make it. No! He doesn't care what you think. What he knows is what he thought is what matters. It's God's thinking that matters. So if God thought of you singing, what is the doctor going to say about permanent damage to your optical nerves? Do you think God cares about that report? Not a chance. God only cares about what he thought. If in his thinking, he saw you singing, all the demons of earth could never stop it. You can never fail it. Your way were children... If they're in God's mind, they will make that rapture. It could be five minutes before the rapture, or even a fraction of a second before the rapture. You better believe they're going to be there. If they are once in his thinking, it will never fail. Never. Spoken word is greater than all of that. As long as your seed inside, growing, you have to produce exactly what the seed said you would do. That's exactly right. It's the word. He keeps his word. He watches over it. So if his word is a thought express, and if his word is a seed, then he watches over his seed. And we know how God has watched over you and your grandparents and your great-grandparents. He's watching over his seed. Why? He needs to make sure that none of his thoughts ever fail. Now, Jesus is a word of God, and he was burst open, that life. The life is inside the seed, see, which is spirit. See, the water flowing over it. The spirit over the seed of God will bring forth the life that's in the seed. So when the spirit of God moves, it's going to bring forth whatever life is in that seed. See, if the spirit of God comes forth to water the seed... If it's the seed that's being watered, it will produce the life of the seed. You cannot help but produce anything else. 
plant a mango seed or an apple seed, pour water in it, and tomorrow you get an orange? No. And when you get an apple, you don't go ahead and reach just glory to God. Oh my goodness. Come see what happened. I planted an apple and an apple came out of it. Well, duh. What did you expect? You planted a seed. The life that's within that seed will come out. It's not surprised. So God is not surprised when he sees you being transformed into the image of himself. He's not surprised when he's seeing that bride getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And she's becoming more like him. As a prophecy, as she nears the capstone, she will become so much more like him. He's not surprised. He's like, yeah, I planted spoken word seed. And it's producing a spoken word bride. Surprise? No. It's the love, the seed. The only person that's going to be surprised is the devil. And it's going to be too late by then because we're going to be gone. Bear that on mind now. What he says must happen. Nothing can hinder it. Brother Jean, you don't know my mistakes. Nothing can hinder it. You don't know what I did yesterday. Nothing can hinder it. You don't know what I did today. Nothing can hinder it. You don't know my past. Nothing can hinder it. You don't know my flaws. Nothing can hinder it. You don't know my complexes. Nothing can hinder it from happening. Now, he had all of this in his mind. And he said, let there be. That's Genesis 1. Let there be this, let there be that, let there be this. He was sowing seed. Let it be, let it be, let it be. And he knew it was going to be that way because he cannot change. Now, I'm going to drop from a point here and please follow me. Follow my thinking here. Brother Bonham says that God had all of this in his mind. Therefore, he spoke. And we know that the word is an expression of a thought. God thinks and he speaks. Now, what God speaks indicates what he thought of. You follow me? What God says reflects what his thinking was. Okay? Now, if everything that God created was in his mind, so when God created, let's say, water, he didn't have to say, I need a molecule of hydrogen to be fused with two molecules of oxygen, and I need it to be a clear substance that will be drinkable, and that will quench the thirst, and that will fall upon the earth. He didn't need to go into details in his description of what he wanted. Do you follow me? All he had to do is think it. So in his mind, when God thought of water, everything he thought of it, when he said, let there be, his word contained every single aspect that he had in his mind. You following? He didn't have to speak... Ten sentences, let it be a mass of ground that's going to turn around the earth, uh, around the, the sun, that's going to orbit, that's going to be one. No, 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 no. He said, let it be the earth. Because everything he was thinking about the earth came to pass when he spoke it. Because his word contains his thinking. You follow me? So as humans, we need to be precise and detailed when we want something. Right? For example, if you want a woodworker or a carpenter to make a table for you, you say, I, I want a table. And then you ask you, how wide do you want that table? Well, about, you know, a hundred inches. Okay, how, how tall do you want that table? How, how many people do you want that table to sit? Okay, do you want it made of oak? What, like, what do you want it made of? Then you will have to describe in details what is it that you want. 
you will have to do it. So that the carpenter can know exactly what is it that he has to build for you. Not so with God. Not so with God. See, all God has to do in his mind is to think of a table that's 100 inches wide, 35 inches deep, 50 inches short or high. Eight people can sit on it made of oak, you know, with varnish and here and this type of stain and this, all that. All he has to do is think that in his mind. And then when he says, let it be, it produces every single thing he thought in detail. With the height, with the type of wood, with how many people it's going to sit, with how tall, how wide. Every aspect that was in his thinking yields results when he speaks it. Are you following me? So this is why it's important to stay with the word. Because when you're staying with the word, it's not just a statement that you're keeping. You're keeping everything God was thinking about when he spoke it. Do you understand? So when God spoke and said something, don't change anything he said. Because what he said is more than words. What he said is the life of his thoughts. Everything that God thought about is in that word once he's spoken. So if God was thinking, like in your mind right now, if you just think of a lion, you think of a majestic beast, you know, with a great mane and I don't know how many pounds, and king of the jungle, you think of that lion. You think it. Now, if God thought of a lion, and he wanted a lion to come in existence, and he was thinking, I want a lion, and it's going to be like this, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like this. And then he spoke, and he said, what will come forth? Follow me. If God was thinking, this is what I want, and he said, what will come forth? What he was thinking. Correct? Because the word that he speaks is infused with his thinking. You need to understand the words that we hear are not just words. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They are God's thought. It's what God is thinking. God could have said, the lion will come forth. He could have said, boom, 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 the lion will come forth. Because that was his thinking. So you are what God was thinking about. You need to understand that you were in his mind. In his thinking. And when he spoke the word, he spoke of you. Everything he thought of in his mind is what you have to become. Because he spoke it. So you don't have to worry about any details. Leave the details to God. God doesn't even worry about the details. He thinks the details. And then he speaks the word. Because the word will take care of every single detail. So when he says there's going to be a spotless bride. Leave the details to him. Don't worry about how am I going to fulfill that promise, seeing how weak I am. Leave the details to the one who thought about it. Because when he spoke it, he thought about every detail. He thought about everything that would be necessary. And when he spoke that it will be, it will be. Leave the details to him. Don't worry about the details. Oh my, how am I going to do this? How am I going to overcome? Don't worry about the details. Believe the word. How am I going to get healed? Don't worry about the details. Believe the word. In this dark age of Laodicea, my children are wayward. They don't even believe in God anymore. Don't worry about the details. Leave the details to Him. All you need to do is worry about the seed of the promise. And have faith in the seed. Yes, sir. Have faith in the seed. Now, God said, let there be. 
And here it comes first, perfectly, just exactly. Now, this tree can only bring forth that tree. This tree can only bring forth this tree, right? No tree cannot be an old tree. Maple tree can only bring forth a maple tree. He says, and Adam, a son of God, can only bring forth a son of God. Correct? He says, you get what I mean? It's everything after its kind. So God could say, well, I'm just going to rest now. Now, why did God rest on the seventh day? See, everything that God wanted, he had created it or spoken it in seed form. Everything. And then he had put a law that every seed will bring forth after its kind. So he could rest. What, what more was there to do? He could rest. If God wanted another lion, well, he created one. And inside the lion was a seed. And that lion will bring forth another lion. If God ever wanted another elephant, what more could he do? He already created an elephant. In that elephant, there was a seed. Male and female, he created them. And that elephant will bring forth another elephant. So God said, well, I'm done here. Because I've said the law in nature that every seed will bring forth after its own care. I can rest assured that it will only manifest what I want. So I don't need to work anymore. I don't need to say let there be any more because everything I wanted in my mind has been created. And if I want more, what I've created can multiply. Verse 22, verse 28, be fruitful and multiply. This is why God rests. He's resting because he had ensured continuity. Continuity. See, the work cannot be broken. Continuity. Right? So, verse 8, we read, it says, each tree yielding fruit will seed is in itself. Right? See, the seed will produce the fruit. Correct? And inside the fruit, you will see the original seed again. Continuity. So you take a mango, it's a fruit, you plant the seed, it produces a mango, correct? In that mango you found the seed, you plant it, you get another mango, continuity. Right? It cannot be broken. That cycle will continue. As long as there's a fruit, there will be seed. And as long as there's seed, there will be fruit. As long as there's fruit, there will be seed. That's why God could rest, because He ensured that, that that will take place. See, the seed that's planted will yield fruits. And within the fruits, we'll find again the same seed. See, the alpha seed is the omega seed. The seed that's planted in the beginning is the seed that you get in the harvest. See, the harvest is not just to have fruits. It's the harvest is that in the fruits, you find the original seed again. Right? If you're a farmer and you planted, and then you had a crop, and then that's all you had, what else are you going to get next, next, next harvest? So in what you plant in the harvest, you'll find seed again. So you can plant it again. And that's the purpose of the harvest, to get seed. You take the fruit, you get the seed, you plant the seed, and you carry on again, right? Amen. Now, I'm going to drive this. This is where I wanted to get to now. The word... Let's see here. Okay. It says, let me take this handkerchief here. It says, here's a man that was supposed to be right here. Here's a man that was supposed to be. He's talking about... The son that Adam had to bring forth. What happened? Eve hybrided it, right? She breathed it. What did, what did he do? What did he do? It turned to death. It kept dying and dying and dying. Now this one, another one, stays in the word. Just the same. Here is a word laying in there. Just the same. Now what happened? Here is a word, the word that God spoke to multiply and replenish the earth. Now this is a commandment that God gave Adam and Eve. Multiply and replenish the earth. He says... It couldn't find a place to land. Okay? 
So when God gave Adam and Eve the commandment to multiply and replenish the earth, what was Adam supposed to bring forth? What was Adam supposed to bring forth? Another son of God. So Adam was supposed to bring forth Adam again. Correct? Now he says that word that God gave them couldn't find a place to land. In other words, that word didn't echo in them. It didn't become flesh because Adam never produced another Adam. Because of Eve. They produced Cain. And then they produced Abel. And Abel wasn't another Adam. Abel was fallen man already. So Adam failed to fulfill this commission. Adam did not reproduce himself. He didn't, he wasn't fruitful and he didn't multiply because the law of the seed is multiplied. The seed brings forth seed. Adam was to bring forth Adam. The son of God was to bring forth another son of God, but Adam failed. That's what Brother Adam is saying here. He says that word could never find a place to land. Okay. He says, now finally, this word, it caught in the womb of a virgin. Right? Now, Mary, through the spoken word, is now doing what Eve was supposed to do. Correct? And now, out of Mary, out of the spoken word, that echo in her womb, comes another Adam. Jesus Christ, the second Adam. Now, Brother Adam says that Jesus Christ was supposed to be that seed that Eve was supposed to bring forth. Quote. Preachers behind me, they know the quote. Eve was supposed to bring forth Jesus. He said she would have eventually, if she stayed in the word, she would have eventually brought forth Jesus. But she failed. She failed to bring forth the original seed. So, Mary believed the word. Right? Okay, let's keep going. Now, what I want to say is, now, God foresaw and predestinated a world of sons and daughters. So when God created the world, He foresaw a world filled with sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters. Not born in sin, shepherd, equity, no. He, he foresaw sons that Adam will bring forth like himself in his own image, right? Now here's a quote that I just referred to right now. Jesus is the word made manifest. He and his word is one and the same. What was he? He was that seed. He was that seed that Eve should have produced. Do you get it? Congregation says, Amen. He was that seed that Eve was to produce. He was that seed and the only way that life could be in the reproduction of life was that life had to come through that seed. So Adam having failed to produce sons and daughters like himself, now the only way for God to fulfill that was through Jesus, the seed. And not through Jesus, who is the spoken word, he can produce spoken word sons. And spoken word daughters. Who are the spoken word sons and daughters? You. I'm here to break the news to you. You are those sons and daughters that Adam was supposed to produce, but he failed. And now Jesus Christ, who came in the image of God as the second Adam, that's what he produced, the new creation. See, he was that seed. He is that seed that was produced by the word of God. My, listen to what he says. He was that seed that was produced by the word. What is he saying? The word produced a seed. Follow me? And what is the word? A seed. And then the seed produced a seed. That's the law of God. The seed produced a seed. 
See, that is the purpose of the spoken word. It's to produce another seed. It's the very purpose of the law of reproduction. Eve never fulfilled the commission to replenish the earth. So God promised her a seed. Genesis 3.15. He was going to give her the seed of a woman. Now we know that Jesus Christ was that seed. And Jesus Christ is the word. So the word is the original seed. So what did God promise Eve? Follow me. What did God promise Eve? The word. That's what he promised. The original word. He said that, he said to Satan that she, the seed of the woman, which is Christ, who is the word, is gonna crush you. So God prophesied, I'm not gonna need anything else than myself. I'm not gonna need anything else other than my own word. So I'm gonna give Eve my word. I'm gonna give her the word. And the word will crush your head. The word will overcome. And my word will become flesh in a man called Jesus. And my word will go to the cross. And my word will bleed. And my word will become the bleeding word. And the bleeding word will become the token. And the token will become the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost will become a seed of my word again. And my word will bring forth another word. The word that God promised as the original seed has produced the word again. God help me tonight. You are the word that Genesis 3.15 produced. Because it produced Christ. And Christ produced you. Are you following me tonight? Are you following me tonight? What am I trying to say? I am trying to tell you. And I'm going to emphasize. You are the word. I know that you know that. But I want you to understand what it means. You are the word. You are that word. That the spoken word produce. Because the word produces the word. It cannot produce anything else than the word. How can it produce anything else than the word? So if Christ is the second item. If he fulfilled his commission. That means he reproduced himself. That means he brought people that are just like him. That was what Adam was supposed to do. Bring forth another son. That will be exactly like him. Exactly like God. Correct? Bring forth a daughter. They'll be exactly like him. Exactly like God. But he failed. So Christ comes. And he is the spoken word. He is the original seed promised to Eve. That through the seed of the woman Christ. So that he comes. And he reproduces himself. And he fulfills what Adam failed. So what does he produce? The word again. If he is the word. What is he going to produce? If Christ is the word. That makes you. That's what you are. That's why he sent a prophet. To make sure you will understand this. That you were always the word. And the reason why the word came to you. Is because you are the word. The word comes to the word. All people of God. May God open your eyes. Not to understand. What you really are. Not just a church. Not just a brand. Not just people on the face of the earth. The very spoken word of God. That's who you are. Don't go crying on me now. Stop looking at your weaknesses. Stop looking at your flesh. Look inward. Start looking in what God say you are. It's either you believe it or Jesus failed. Did Jesus fail? It's either did Jesus fulfill his commission? Was he the second item? Did he do what Adam failed to do? Then what does that make you? 
The word. That's exactly why it makes you. Brother Roy, you are the word. Glory. Oh my, that revelation just began to strike me this week. And I was like, I always knew it. I knew it. But now I'm beginning to understand it. You've always known that you were the word. But now let God make it real to you. May you understand the consequences of being the word. What are the implications? What are the ramifications of being the word? That means that nothing can overcome you because you are the word. That means there's nothing greater than you because you are the word. There's no demon above you because you are the word. There's no demon you cannot overcome because you are the word. There's no sickness that God cannot heal in your life because you are the word. There's no change that you cannot break because you are the word. That's what it means to be the word. And that means when Christ comes to take a church, he's going to have to take you because you are the word. The word is not coming for a church. It's coming for the word again. Do you understand? This is who you are. This is what a prophet was sent to make him realize that you are the word. The word produces seed. Oh my goodness. Now, brother, what I'm going to say is this. One day, when the world lay in darkness and chaos again, the Spirit of God moved in the predestinated seed. Right? A predestinated seed was transformed. Isaiah 9, 6. Now that prophet standing there, a man that had sway over the nations of the people, the religious people of this day believed him. Not all of them. They never did. But this prophet, they had seen that man speak things and it was exactly right. Right? And then he spoke, a virgin shall conceive. Oh, out of reason. But you see... God didn't speak it himself. He speaks it through his prophet. Right, but I'm saying, in another place, I think it's in the spoken word of Genesis. He says, do you notice, God never spoke much more after Genesis 1. He now started speaking through his prophet. Right? So now when the prophet of God speaks, he's speaking God's thoughts. And now Isaiah caught God's thoughts and spoke that there will be a virgin. Now, but everyone says that if a virgin shall conceive, and that word spoke it, which was a germ, the bed had to be there to receive it. Right? He says, he searched through the lens. There wasn't any. He went through the lens. There wasn't any. Power of transformation. Paragraph 285. That's where he says it. When Isaiah spoke, a virgin shall conceive. God's thinking, God's seed was looking for a bedding ground. And God began to search in the land of Israel through the ages for a virgin that will believe it. And it took 800 years because he couldn't find anybody that could believe that. So God kept looking, kept looking. I spoke my seed. There's got to be somebody that's going to believe it. And when I find that person, my word will become flesh. And he kept searching. Oh, this one won't believe it. Okay, she's not going to believe it. This one is a virgin. Oh, she's not going to believe it. This one won't believe it. So he searched. And it says, pretty near 800 years, that predestinated seed found a bed, Mary. Finally, finally, there was a virgin that could believe that word. So God has spoken things through seven church ages, things he was going to bring to pass. But he searched through Ephesian churches, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Tatyra, looking for a people that could believe. He wanted to bring forth a rapture revelation and he was looking for a people that could believe. He wanted to open the seals and restore men back to what Adam lost. And he was looking for a people that could believe. 
seven church ages after, he finds a people. Seven church ages after, he found you. Because you can believe his word. The word that he kept. As Paul said in Colossians chapter 1. This mystery that we hid amongst the Gentiles. Christ in us. The hope of glory. That mystery was hidden. And he was searching for a people that could believe that they were the word. Oh my. God was looking for a people that could believe what he said about them. He said, oh, I can't give this to Luther. It's too rich. I can't give it to him. That's why he says that your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they all died. See, that manna was too rich for their stomach. They couldn't digest that manna. They ate the manna and they died. Like, oh, if I give this revelation to Luther, I might choke him a little bit. It's too much for him. I can't give it to Pentecost. That's the shock. So I'm going to wait till the end time. It's like, now I have a people and I can unveil myself. I cannot pour out everything that I am because I find people on earth that can believe this. God has faith in you because you have faith in Him. He knows that He can count on you to receive His word and you can count on Him to bring His word to come to pass. Hallelujah. And when God and His word becomes one, when God's spirit waters the seed, the word of God, it produces God. Now that is rich. Are you going to eat this? Is your stomach ready? Can you digest this food? Can you eat this bread? One the word. What does the seed word in you? It produces God. So who are you? Woo! You are God. Does that scare you? No. God kept this for you. Because he knows that you can believe this. He's made you God. You are the word. Because the word can only produce the word. And if the word is God, what are you? God in flesh. That's exactly who you are. The word cannot produce a different seed outside of what it is itself. So the word can only produce the word. God can only produce God. Jesus, Jesus says that I have called you gods. This is the great revelation of the end time. Is that you need to understand when the bride understands who she is. Who is the bride? The word. When you understand that you are the word, when you understand that God has made you God, God produces God, the word produces the word, it changes everything. Because now you understand that the God that you're worshiping is not some God up there in the sky. Where is he? When you're praying, the God who answers your prayer is not answering from heaven. Where is he answering from? When I'm shaking Brother Tom's hand, God bless you. Who is this? God. So God has given me the privilege to fellowship with Him. That's why John said that if you love, if you love not your brother that you see, how can you love God that you don't see? Because God is not in flesh. There's no way for you to love God other than love Him in the flesh. So by loving brother Tom, I'm loving God. Brother Michael, one of my dearest friends, God in flesh. Brother Murphy, I'm shaking God's hand. Don't choke on this. This is the word. This is bread word. This is bread word. In the pew, it's God in flesh. That's the mystery. Christ in you. That is what the word produces. God in flesh. Now be careful when you speak about your brother. 
Who are you talking about? God. It's not Margaret that you're talking about. It's not Sharon. It's not Victoria. God. So you love the Lord? Love each other. When you understand that God is in you, and God is in your brother, it changes everything. It brings perfect love. Because you can only love them as you love God, because God is in them as He's in you. All what fellowship. Think about it. Abraham walked, looking above, looking for God in the heaven. Right? Israel in the wilderness, purifier above them. Now that purifier, there's nothing above my head. Within. God is not somewhere in the sky. God is in you. He's in you. Now when you're walking, who's walking with you? God. And when you're praying, who's hearing your prayers? God. And when you're worshiping, where is the God that you're worshiping? In you. That's why he said, let healing comes from the spirit that's in you. Healing doesn't come out of nowhere. Healing comes from within you. What do you think gives you overcoming power? It's the word that's in you. All we do through the preaching of the word is to quicken that seed in you. And when that seed gets quickened, it produces overcoming power in you. Everything that you need is in you. When the word waters the seed, it produces God. See, the Pharisees crucified Jesus because Jesus was not shy. Jesus wasn't ashamed to believe this mystery that God had made him the same as the word. So Jesus walked knowing he was a word made flesh. And they say, you are a man and you're making yourself God. But they didn't understand it was God becoming man. Right? So that's why they couldn't understand it. And brother, I say that's why he lived in a world altogether completely different from everybody else. In a word of perfect faith. Because perfect faith is to believe who God said you are. It's not to shy away from it because you want to be humble. Oh God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy to become this. No, that's not perfect faith. Perfect faith is the word says that I'm the word. That's what I am. The word says that I'm perfect. That's what I am. The word says that I'm worthy. That's what I am. That's what Brother Tom said on Sunday. Worthy. He puts you on the scale because you are the word. And he steps on the scale because he is the word. And the word with the word on the scale, they match. Because the word is the word. The word of God is in you. This is the mystery I'm trying to show you. God is in your flesh. Can you give me 10 more minutes? Is that okay? Sorry. See? I'm going to have to skip a few things here for the sake of time. But Brian I'm starts talking about... Okay, let's, let's go into this. See, the same seed that went into the ground is the same seed that we get at the harvest. It's full circle. The word is eternal. Seed grows, fruit, harvest, seed. Back again, again, right? Now, the seed is to yield fruits whose seed, as I said, is in itself. So the purpose of God is for seed to produce seed. Now, Brother Abraham says this, that Jesus Christ, as we mentioned, was that seed, correct? That Eve was supposed to produce. Now, God promised Eve they would give her a seed. Now, then came Abel, Cain killed, right? And then that came Seth, and out of Seth came Noah, out of Noah came Abraham, and God comes and promises to Abraham, right? I'll give you a seed, as we heard Brother Tim Dodd preach on. I'll give you a seed and I will bless you. And out of your seed, I'll bless all the nations of the earth. 
we know he's talking about Christ. But then Abraham believed the seed promise that God gave him, correct? And he produced Isaac. So Isaac was the fruit of the seed of the promise, correct? But in Isaac, who's the fruit was the seed. So the seed of the promise produced a fruit, Isaac. And in Isaac was the seed. And out of Isaac came a fruit, Jacob. And in Jacob was the seed. Out of Jacob comes Judah. And in Judah was the seed. Are you following me? Seed, fruit, seed, fruit, seed. Until the original seed himself again came in the person of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus Christ wasn't a fruit only. He was the original seed. Now here, Brian says this, what are they doing? He says, what does a lemon do on an orange tree? He says, it takes the original life of the orange tree. What does coming up and perverts it through a lemon? See, that's what the denomination has done to the word of God. They made the word of God of no effect by the traditions. He says, they brought forth lemons, grapefruits, not oranges. What is he talking about? He says, out of the orange tree that is supposed to yield orange fruits, Denominations produce tangelos, grapefruits. They produce fruits, all right, but not the original seed. See, the spoken word is not a fruit. It's the original seed. Now, he talks about this, and I don't have time for the sake of time, but he talks about this in Anointed One in the End Time. He saw a tree, right? And he says, what kind of a tree is this? And he says, oh, it's an orange tree. He says, but how come you have lemons on this branch, and you have, you know, tangelo, and you have this, and you have that? He says, oh no, they're grafted. He says, what do you mean they're grafted? He says, no, each branch was grafted in the tree and they will produce after their own kind. He says, okay, okay. So you're saying that next season, these branches will produce oranges? No. If every branch, if it was a lemon branch, it will produce a lemon. If it was a citrus branch, it will produce whatever it is. Because it's grafted to the original tree and it's drinking its life out of the tree, but it's yielding deceiving fruits. See, by looking at the fruit, you might be deceived thinking, oh, that's a mango tree. No, it's a mango branch grafted to another tree. See, that tree was an orange tree, but because another branch was grafted to that tree, it still produced its own fruit. And then Brother Bonham says, it says this. Let me just read that quote. It says, one more question now. Would that orange tree ever bring forth oranges again? Now, see, he's asking if that tree will ever produce fruit. The original fruit. He said, when it puts forth another branch. <laughs> Glory! When the original seed produces an original branch, you will have the original fruit. See? But that seed, which is the original seed, has to be the one... To produce a branch. It says, now if that church will bring forth another branch, it's going to be another Acts, another book of Acts church. That's what it's going to produce because the original seed can only produce the original fruit. See, denominations can produce fruit, alright. But the fruit is not from the original seed. Because the original seed is the spoken word. You are the one who has the original seed. Therefore, you produce the original fruit. The same fruit that the early church produced. See, God took Mary and she believed in the word. And she did something that was never done before. A virgin conceiving. See, now God has found you. And with you, he's going to do something that's never happened before. 
You say rapture? No. Rapture has already happened before. Enoch was raptured. Elijah was raptured. Jesus in the sense of the New Testament were raptured. Rapture has happened before, but what am I talking about? Well, well, remember, God foresaw a world of sons and daughters like Adam. Now, for the first time in history, God is about to take a man born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and bring him back to what Adam was. I'm not talking about Jesus. Jesus was virgin born. I'm not talking about Adam. Adam was spoken, word created. I'm talking about you born in sin. For the first time, God is going to take a man born in sin and bring him back to what Adam was. To his image, to his likeness, with the same power. What was the purpose of the message of the hour? What was the purpose of the message? To bring Adam back again. Why did God in this day saw it fit to open the book and lose the seals? Brother Adam said when Adam fell, the book went back into the hand of God. Correct? So if in this end time, God sees it fit and now it's the time to take the book, what does it mean? Adam is on earth again. The book belonged to Adam. Adam fell, it went back to the hand of God. God took the book, he said, I'm going to wait until I can bring people back to Adam and I'm going to give Adam back his book. So when God, through the word, through the opening of the word, is to bring you back to what Adam was. What do you think through the opening of the word? He was showing us to Brother Branham, speaking to the killer bull, speaking to the beast, speaking to the storm, giving life to the little fish, healing the possum. What do you think God was showing us? Had he rather give your children, imparting eternal life? He was showing us a wave shift. A man that was born in sin that he brought back to what Adam was. And to that man, he gave power over the elements. Speak to the storm. He gave power over the beast. Speak to the beast. He gave power over the animals. Speak to the killer bull. He gave power to import eternal life. I give you eternal life. He was showing us that that is your wave shift. And I'm going to wave it in front of all of you so that you will understand that I'm going to do with you. What I did with that man. You have the power of the spoken word. Because you have the word again. What Adam was, you are. What Adam lost, you have. What Eve doubted, you believe. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's what the word says you are. What can overcome you now? Seeing that you are the word. Is there any storm in your life? Speak to the storm. Come on. Brother Murphy spoke about this. Is there any lion? Shut the mouth of the lion. You have power over the animals. You have power over the beasts. What do you need? What is above what you have? Nothing. Healing? Healing? It's in you. It's in you. You have power to speak it. Victory? Victory? You tell that demon that's been bugging you. You know what? I didn't understand before tonight that I was the son of God. So you could overcome me. You could make me believe that I will never get delivered. You could lie to me that nobody will ever know that if I keep living in sin. And I've tried to overcome and I couldn't overcome. But tonight, I understand something that I didn't understand before. I understand that I am the word. I understand that the seed gene of God is in me. That means I'm above every demon. That means I'm greater than cancer. That means I'm greater than lust. That means I'm greater than every single demon spirit. Then how can you overcome me when I am the word? Now it's up to you. 
to speak to that demon who's been lying to you and say, I know who I am now. I can see now who I am. I'm a part of my Savior. It's a revelation. It's a manifestation of who I am. Who are you? The Word. Who are you? The Word. Let me hear. Who are you? Who are you? That's why God made you. You are God in flesh. That's what you are. Tell that demon, that's who I am. I am the word. Therefore, it's word upon word. The word of God comes to you. The word comes to the word. The word waters the word. The word quickens the word. And one day the word will rapture the word. Circle of eternity. Out of the seed came the fruit. And out of the fruit came the seed again. See, Luther produced Ruth. And then in the Testament of Wesley. And then Pentecostal shock. But inside the shock, what do we find? The seed again. Not another seed. The same seed that was planted. That means what you get in the harvest is what you get in the beginning. The original seed word of God, who was Christ, that went into the ground. Produce the word again. Let's stand. Oh, I don't know if I did it justice, but I'm praying with all my heart. God, God, let your spirit begin to move. Move in this congregation. Move in our lives and begin to quicken what you've placed in us. Bring us to understand. Understand. Not to know. Not just mental knowledge. We are the word. We are the word. We are the word. Not just to know it, but to understand what it means that you are the word. You are everything that God thought of when he thought of you. That's what the word is. The word englobes everything that God thinks. You are his thinking, his thoughts express. Therefore, you are God himself. Stop looking to your left, to your right, looking about, look inside. The seed gene of God in you is the word. So you have the word. And the word of God has come to quicken that word. So that you can understand now that in this day we have fulfilled the promise, the prophecy that Eve failed. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. That means that because you are the word of God, you can be fruitful and you can multiply. That means that out of your life, you can impart life to somebody else. You can be fruitful and multiply. Because you are the one who received the life in your family. Out of you can come another one. Out of you can come another one. You can be fruitful and multiply. What God foresaw a world filled with sons and daughters of God. This is it. This is it. One day before the world began, in his thinking, God thought of a Wednesday night service in Clover Bible Way, where there will be sons and daughters of God. You are it. You are the materialization of what he saw. You are that word that was in his mind. And now you're expressed. And now you have fellowship with him. How? With one another. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with one another. God bless you, God in flesh. God bless you, God in flesh. I love you, brother, God in flesh. You want, you want to touch God? Next to you. You want to see God? Right next to you. Stop thinking about some fragment of your imagination. This is God. God in flesh. Look at, think of it. 
We are a privileged people. We get to walk with God. We get to shake His hand. We get to embrace Him. We get to confide in Him. We get to say, pray for me. We express our needs to Him. God in us. Talking to God in another person. My, 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 my. Worship in spirit and in truth. The spirit of the word. And what is the truth of the word? See, when the word becomes the word, and the word meets the word, what does it produce? True worship. True worship. That's when, when John saw his name in the book, and he understood that he was a thought. Therefore, he was a word expressed in the book. So he believed that he was a word, and the word had come to the word. Everything that was in heaven, everything on earth, everything below the earth, everything heard him say glory, blessings, honor, and power. True worship can only happen when the word meets the word. That's why God enjoys your worship. Because the word comes to you, and you are the word. It's the word praising the word. It's Jesus saying, oh God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. That's why, oh God... Your God. God speaking to God. That's the mystery amongst the Gentiles. Christ in us. My, we can go all night. Glory. Why can't we sing? Where is that? There's a song leader here. Why can't we sing? Let's start with who I am. I can see now who I am. And then we can end with the original life. Is that okay? Then I'll let you go home.
catch a revelation of who you are? Mm-hmm. Now the reason there is going to be a rapture, right? The reason why there's going to be a rapture is that God promised there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to restore the Eden that the devil destroyed. But in that Eden, he needs Adam and Eve again. So the rapture comes when you are restored back to Adam and Eve. That's where he comes to take you. Because now he can plant you back in another garden of Eden. That's where the rapture comes. But it's not a new thing. The rapture happened before already. But the new thing is that you born in sin. God is bringing you back to what Adam lost. And when you go back to what Adam lost, he takes you from this world and he plants you in a new earth and in a new heaven. Because now he has his Eden restored back again. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more aging. Perfection. Adam and Eve again. Sons and daughters again. Walking on the face of the earth. Restored. That's who you are. God's attributes were manifested. Yes, sir. Amen. Keep believing that original life. That seed that God has promised you, EBA. Water it. Drink more than your portion. Drink and push and push and push until your eyes come open. Brother Michael, I said, I think I became Brother Stephen Abali. 
My, 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 my. Did you enjoy the word? Did you find out who you are? You're Mary. He searched the ages. The Holy Ghost searched the ages. And he found a ground that he could put his seed in. Can you say, I'm that ground. I'm that good ground. And it will not just bring 30-fold. It's going to bring God kind. A hundredfold. God kind. In your life and in my life. I say, glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. Hallelujah. Is this not what we've lived for? The Word becoming Word. Yes, we are the Word made flesh today. We are not church hoppers. We are the Word made flesh. We are not a building. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. We are what He had in mind. Perfect. I know that's hard for you to swallow. You might as well say it. I'm perfect. He sees you perfect. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I'm perfect. Hallelujah. What are we going to do? I'm waiting for a change. Aren't you, Brother Murphy? (laughs) I'm waiting for that now word take place within our lives. It's happening, Brother EBA. It's happening, church. It's happening. Don't miss it. The angel has come down. Shrubble the waters once again. Jump in. The water's fine. Amen. Isn't it wonderful, David? This is what we've been called to. We're talking about our families and where we come from. I found out I came from the mind of God tonight. I'm going back to the mind of God. Amen. Well, young people, you've got a lot of work to do here. You do. You got to eat the word. You can't just say, oh, mommy and daddy come to Bible way. You've got to eat the word itself. You know, I just, I believe William Branham. Saints of God, it's so far past William Branham. Brother Branham was pointing us to Christ himself in you. Amen. Let's dig a little deeper. Roll up your sleeves. It takes hard work to dig into the promises of God. I'm blessed. I am blessed. Oh, I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am
right? I was blessed. Hallelujah. Brother Matthew, you're blessed. I don't know about what you heard tonight, but I know what I heard tonight. Doesn't matter if it's seconds. God's given you the promise of your family. Are you blessed? I am blessed. Who wants to take that blessing tonight? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, what a what a wonderful word we heard tonight. Lord, what gifts you have given the body of Jesus Christ. And we are thankful for these young men, Lord, that are raising up, oh God. And the word is thundering out of their lives. It's changing us from glory unto glory unto glory. Lord, we're praying now, but Lord, that word will anchor deep within the hearts of your children. Not just hearers now of the word, but Lord, let there be a manifestation within our lives that we can bring forth the very life of God himself. Lord, that we could just die and let you live. Drink and push. Drink and push. Drink. And we've drank, Lord, tonight. Bless Brother Jean. Bless, Lord, this precious brother that we have loved. We pray, Lord, that your hand will stay upon his life. God, that the leadership of the Holy Ghost and the power of God and the revelation of your word will continue, Lord, to flow through that vessel. We pray, Lord, that you'll watch over your children tonight as we're on the road. Let us ponder these thoughts, Lord. God, let us meditate upon the life of this word. Bless your children now. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what can you say to one another? But God bless you. Why don't you turn around and say, God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.